0: Welcome to Tap the Craft, an informational podcast about craft beer targeting the everyday beer drinker. My name is Denny Luce and joining me tonight is my buddy John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John? Doing very well. Ready to talk about some fall beers. All right, and it's fall. How's the weather in Seattle right now? Is it cold and rainy?
1: Actually, we had some sun, and we're supposed to for a little while. So it's just barely hanging on.
0: All right, good to hear. Uh, We've After you left uh, the nice sunny Boise area, it soon turned to uh, rain and dreariness. So it's been raining the last two days. And hopefully the sun will come out tomorrow, as the uh, (laughs) the song (laughs) says. (laughs) Sounds like Boise misses me. (laughs) Yes, it does. You brought the sun with you. You brought sunshine. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, uh, just to give everyone a little idea of what our show's about. John and I, we are craft beer enthusiasts, and that means we love everything about craft beer. We love to drink it, we love to learn about it, and we love to talk about it. We want to help our listeners also become enthusiasts on craft beer, and we're going to talk about craft beer in easy-to-understand terms, layman terms, so that you too can understand and enjoy this great craft beer hobby. Uh, we want to encourage all of our listeners to write into the show. Please provide your experiences and knowledge and ask any questions that you might want answered uh, in future episodes. Uh, this is episode five, recorded on September 30th, 2014. And in this episode, we're going to discuss fall beers. Fall beers including Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers. We're also going to do a uh, some tasting notes on an Oktoberfest and that's the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Fest. We announced that last episode that we were going to do this. And I hope all of our listeners are sitting by their whatever podcasting listening machines. And they they got their beers ready to try out this Samuel Adams Oktoberfest Fest while we discuss our tasting notes on it. But hey, John, are you drinking anything tonight? Tonight I am drinking water right now. Oh, so uh, damn.
1: Yeah, I – you know – as many parents can uh, relate, things don't always go as planned with your uh, little ones. So I, I wasn't able to do my tasting notes in advance. So I'm going to do it live on the show. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's, a little risky, that's but uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> hopefully uh, I don't fall flat on my face. So I'm going to just drink some water until we get to that point and then I'll uh, pop them open and drink some Sam Adams Oktoberfest.
0: Okay. All right. You know, in the future, if you just sl- just slide a little bit of that Sam Adams into that bottle and just feed it to little Charlie, I don't think he mind.
1: Might. <laughs> might give you a few
0: minutes to do some some tastings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right until they take them away from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no problem. No problem. I I am drinking because I was uh, prepared and I did my tasting notes <laughs> ahead of time. Uh, and I'm drinking Sam Adams Oktoberfest because I want to make sure my palate is full of this beer so that I make sure that we get the right information out to all of our listeners. So, with that being said, let's move right in to the meat of our show, which is the Brew Buzz segment. And, like I mentioned earlier, this segment will be devoted strictly to fall beers, and that includes Oktoberfest and. Uh, pumpkin beers. Those are the two styles we're going to talk about. And the first one we've already mentioned is the Oktoberfest. It's also known as a Mar- a Marzen, if I were to speak correct German. Is that correct, John, the Marzen? Yes. All right. I always uh, tend to talk English with my German beers, and I want to try to make sure I talk German with my German beers. Uh, so the Oktoberfest, it, it can come by many names. And a few of the names that you may hear uh, the beer styles described as. Uh, we already mentioned the Martzen. There's al- also the Martzen beer with a B-I-E-R. There's a Fest beer, and there's also the Oktoberfest beer you know, with the B-I-E-R. So those are a few of the different names you might see written on a bottle of an Oktoberfest, and, but they're all kind of meaning the same thing. So if we're going to talk about the Oktoberfest, we need to kind of mention a little bit about the style history. And uh, a Martzen is German, and it's German. The name actually is German for the month of March. And back in the the early days of before uh, we've t- discovered or invented refrigeration, uh, beer was not able to be brewed during the spring and summer months due to the weather, the high temperatures that can cause some bacterial issues and just not you know not do well with beer brewing. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, John, I, I believe I read somewhere that it was actually against the law to brew beer. I think it was between like April sometime in April to September. It was actually against the law to, to brew beer. Is that, have you heard anything like that? I have heard that. I, I don't know how true it is, but
1: uh, yeah, I've heard similar stories. Okay. So. All
0: right. So, uh, so that's why they call it uh, a Martzen March. Even though you drink it at the end of, of the summer, right in the beginning of the fall, uh, it, because it was being brewed as the a, as a last beer to be brewed for the season, they, they, would, uh, they would store it in, in some cold storage, and they would drink it. I, I think they would go ahead and drink it through the summer, and then at the end of the, the break, they would then do a big celebration which is all, what we know now as the Oktoberfest. Do you have any knowledge on Oktoberfest as far as a celebration? I know you spent a little time in, in Germany a couple of years ago or last year. Do you have any information on that, John, by any chance? Uh,
1: a little, yeah. It was uh, started actually as a wedding celebration, and the party was just so awesome that they decided to do it every year. Um, and it's grown and grown and grown. So, um, wow. Wow yeah so I mean it's one of those things that I'd like to go experience someday maybe <laughs> pretty awesome
0: yeah, um, yeah I mean Oktoberfest is going on right now right is it or is it is it going on just right now
1: uh, I, think, I think so yeah. yeah it's it doesn't actually happen in October which a lot of people yeah. are surprised about so
0: yeah I, I believe it's ha it's I and mean, you know what I should have been more prepared and looked up to see what's going on I know a friend of mine at work. He is getting ready to go to Germany, to Munich. And he looked up the dates, and I think he'll be there uh, after next week. So I think it's the second week of October, and he'll get there right at the end of the Oktoberfest celebration. So he he actually literally arrives one weekend too short to be able to celebrate the real Oktoberfest (laughs) in Germany. So I guess we'll have to make the trip again. Absolutely. All right. So as I mentioned – Uh, March marks the last push for brewing before the long spring and summer uh, seasons come. And again, the beer was kept in cold storage over the spring and summer months in order to preserve it. Also, I think I I remember reading somewhere that uh, they'd also sometimes try to uh, put a little bit more alcohol in the beer, too, to help keep it preserved. Uh, I don't know, again, how true that is. I don't typically see a lot of high gravity or high alcohol content martin lagers but um but I, I don't know maybe it's true i i didn't live back then so it's, it's hard hard to know for sure um that's the other thing i just i forgot to mention is actually well maybe we'll mention it in the in the style notes but a martin oktoberfest is actually a lager too and again and john you might be able to speak more of this but because it's being uh it's a cold fermented uh, beer over that you know in they usually put it in a cold storage that it's a it's actually a lager you have any any insight on that?
1: Yeah, it, it is a lager, um, which actually mo- well, pretty much all German beers, except for Weizens are generally lagers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way they they do things. Um, but uh, yeah, and the, the cold storage is actually—I mean, when they were doing this, it was you know caves, yeah. you know, underground, because uh, it's the only real way to keep things cold. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah lager style which is in line with uh, pretty much german tradition
0: so. okay excellent excellent all right so that's a little bit of the history behind the oktoberfest um, beer style uh some style notes a um, martin beer is typically a full-bodied and i put in here it's a bavarian style i mean is that is there really a bavarian style or was just a it was made by the, the early days of bavarian beer brewers is 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 that is am I overstepping by saying it's a Bavarian lager or is it uh, that's where it's from sure okay all right so it's not it's not too far very. off okay all right so it's a Bavarian style lager it usually has a rich and toasty malt profile but a very mild hop profile it's not going to be a really hoppy beer which is which is good for this style because that's what I like about a marzen is is that you can sometimes you can get actually some pretty complex malt flavors out of a good marzen Right. That's
1: what this beer is all about. Getting those great uh toasty malt malt characters. Uh, and the, you have just enough hop in there to keep it balanced. Yeah. And that's really that's really the key to this beer is balance. Um you know, that's why you generally don't see uh high alcohol um content in there. You don't see a lot of hops. It's not really sweet. Um that's something, you know, it's it's malty but it's not sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's what lets you drink it all day. I mean, if you consider Oktoberfest, the event, I mean, you're drinking for weeks, you know, so you, you want a beer that, you know, you can continue to, to drink a liter at a time.
0: So (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good beer right there. If you can drink a liter at a time and not get plastered. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it's so the coloring too. I, I mean, I'm pretty. I I drink a lot of Martins. I try to drink as many different ones I can find because I do. Enj- I I do enjoy seeing what, you know, how, how the different malt profiles can come out. What I can, what malts I can taste in it. And but it's usually a dark, a dark amber or, or a rich copper coloring. And like we mentioned, it's a reasonable alcohol content. And and typically you're gonna find it at six percent or below. Uh, there's a, there's a few occasions you might find it above, but I think to, traditionally it's going to be around right around five five and a half percent. Uh, you have any other things on the style? That's pretty much covers it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, all about all about that malt. Um, you won't get much, if any, hops in the aroma or really the flavor. Just enough for that bitterness to of that bitterness to balance out. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much a, the key.
0: Excellent. So. All right. So now. Uh, no, we're not going to go into details on these. I just, just want to mention a few beers, and I hope John has some other ones he can add. These are just a few that I just pulled out of out of my head, uh, and some of them I have tried, and some of them I have not been able to try because I just can't get them in my area. And there's a whole lot of other ones that I could mention, but I don't want to mention because they're pretty much localized to my area, and I don't want to alienate everyone else because you know give you a bunch of beers you can't you can't find. But these are ones that you, sh- for the most part, you should be able to find throughout the country. And so uh, the first one I want to mention is my, is one of my favorites. And I was so sad that I wasn't able to, to get some for John to try when he was here visiting me this last weekend, but it's a full sale LTD 07 Oktoberfest. It's a, it's Oktoberfest Martin, And for some reason that beer just, I mean, it just screams just, I just, I, I can't get enough of it. In fact, it was only in our area for like two weeks. And I think I, I just drank either three, I think i drank three six packs in that two weeks because i know as soon as it comes out i gotta drink it as fast as i can before it gets off the shelves and and john i know you've um you've also uh tried it before i saw on a, you mentioned on untapped that you had tried it but it, it's probably a while ago you don't actually remember the flavor profile that you got out of that
1: yeah that was uh Year or two ago that I managed okay. to get my hands on that one.
0: All right, but. all right. So next year, do a better job of uh, grabbing <laughs> a hold of it in your local area. So uh, another one is that we're not going to talk a lot about right now. We'll hit this one a little later. Is the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest another great beer that can be found all across the nation and in big quantities? You will not run out of this at least for a month. So uh, it's one that if you if you really want to try, I recommend a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. One that John had on his very first episode that he was on uh, Tap the Craft was the Firestone Walker Oktoberfest. And at that point, I had not tried this beer. Uh, And the way John described it, it was very interesting to me. So I went and picked up a bottle. And um, I'll tell you what, it is not the typical, it's not my typical Martin. And again, we mentioned earlier that there shouldn't be a, a very big, bitterness or malt profile or a uh, hot profile to a, to a martin and this one defies the the rules i think and now maybe it was just me but this one seemed like it was way more bitter than it should have been mm. is is that true or did i just get a bad batch well i uh, it or it could have been something you eat or or <laughs>
1: or it or that is right uh i don't i didn't remember i don't remember it that way um but without having it in front of me yeah. it's hard to
0: okay to right. Judge. Yeah, that's
1: I'll have true. to go back and listen to how I described it.
0: <laughs> you know what? I might have to go back and listen too, because I know at the point when you were talking about it, it was I was just like drooling. I'm like, oh, I gotta go get this beer. And then when I tried it, uh, I was just shocked that the flavor, the, the finish of it was a lot different than I expected. I got, I did get some of that oaky flavor, but it also seemed like if you know, I don't have my, uh, I didn't bring my my little tasting book up with me to to my office, but. I wrote down some notes in it. I just don't have it with me, but it seemed like, if I remember correctly, that I noted that there was some a little bit of bitterness, hoppiness to the the back end of that. But uh, it was it was different. I all I remember was it was different, and uh, I I won't rank it up to one of my hot, best Oktoberfests. I'll rank it up to a different Oktoberfest. You know, it's it's a little bit different than the norm. Um, the other one, a couple of other ones that I'll just mention real quick. Great Lakes Brewing Oktoberfest. Now, I have not personally been able to try this beer because it doesn't distribute in my area, but I hear nothing but good things from everyone that drinks it. Have you John, have you had a chance to try the Great Lakes Brewing Oktoberfest? Years ago when
1: I lived in the Midwest okay. and I was not as uh, focused on my On beer. your beer. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this
0: is this is a beer that I really I'm really hoping that Great Lakes can expand into Idaho and get some of the, the offerings. I have had some of the Great Lakes Brewing when I was visiting my buddy Vic Joe and Matt, uh, Devious Mr. Matt, over in Ohio. Uh, we did get some Great Lakes Brewing, and I did enjoy the beers that I had from them. But it just happened that we it wasn't Oktoberfest time when, when I was over there. It was summertime, and they just hadn't busted them out yet, so I, I didn't have a chance to drink that beer. But I hear great things about it, so I'm going to make a, a recommendation, not based on my own personal tastings, but based on all my friends tastings that this one you should try. And then the last one that I haven't had, even though I have had Victory Brewing, they do distribute some of their beers here in the Boise area. Uh, This was one that they haven't brought to the town yet. I'm hoping it will be brought in maybe this month if I'm lucky, but it's called Victory Brewing Fest Beer. Uh, So I have no tasting notes, but you might be able to find that in your area. Go ahead and give it a shot. I, I think it's, I, I think I've heard good things about that one too. And how about you, John? What do you got?
1: Uh, so, I'll add one more domestic offering. Um, so Gordon Biersch is a, a brew pub chain. They've got quite a few locations across the country. If you happen to live uh, near one, I really recommend going and grabbing their marts and uh, it, it. You know, you you did your your year of enlightenment with loggers, uh-huh. and that marts and is one of the beers. That really open my eyes to what loggers could really be, um, and I think that they do that year round, so you don't even have to time it right. Um, oh wow! I I believe that's true. Um, so then I, I also want to mention a couple um, imports. Mm-hmm. So uh, Paul Honor, yeah, Oktoberfest, excellent beer, um, it, and it's it's one that you'll only be able to find, you know, in this window, um, and then. Uh, or yes. Uh, Oktoberfest is a, another uh, excellent one if you can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, two, two that come across the the sea to uh, <laughs> yeah to our taste buds. So um,
0: yeah, I've had both those. I agree; those are both good. There's one other one I was trying to remember that, the, and I can never remember the brewery name because it's too long. It's like West Weston. Weston something? Do you, does that sound familiar? Weston something? Uh, Oktoberfest? West Weston Lander. West uh, Weston Hunter. <laughs> <but, laughs>
1: uh, yeah, now you've got me tied. Uh, I'll I'll think of it the second we start recording. Okay,
0: no um, problem, no problem. But, I, it's, it starts with a W. And again, I was saying it wrong because W's aren't W's. They're vet vets, vets and that's whatever, but. Uh, But, yeah, that one's another one that I had that I was really impressed with on their Oktoberfest, so I I just didn't think about writing it down. My bad. All right. Well, hey, that was a pretty good uh, summary of our Oktoberfest beers. Uh, The next one is going to be one that's going to be a little different but also comes along during the fall time frame, and that's pumpkin beers. And these pumpkin beers are beers that you – most people either love or they hate. Um, and I can, I'll be honest with you, uh, the first offerings of pumpkin beers, probably, you know, f- first ones I've had about probably five, six years ago, uh, I really didn't like any of them. Uh, but I have, the the pumpkin beer, um, what it, um, I just lost a word I was thinking, but the craze, I guess, the pumpkin beer craze. The last couple of years have has really pushed pump, brewers to make pumpkin beers that really are, are are good and not just a bunch of spices thrown in your face and they call it you know something different. And uh, so, I, I, I'm a convert this year, especially. I'm going li- to tell you guys a few beers that really shocked me that I enjoyed. Uh, and I recommend you guys try to find them. But um, pumpkin beers could also be known as a, like a harvest beer, harvest spice beer. You know, anytime you have a, a beer that, that throws in those spices, uh, th- this can last – the spice beers can last from now all the way to winter. There's some winter l's that also throw in similar spices. So it's kind of like a like a, a bridge be- between now and, and winter. But a little bit – you know, a, a little style history on pumpkin beers. I was shocked. I actually did a search – Because I didn't think there, at first I said, there's no real history. And then I said, you know what, before I say that, I better do a quick Google search about pumpkin beer history to make sure that I'm not just talking on my ass and have John like bring the gavel down on my head saying, no, you're wrong. There is a history. And guess what? There is a history. Pumpkin beers actually go all the way back to the early American colonial days when pumpkins were plentiful and malted barley and wheat Was not so plentiful back in the pilgrims. They couldn't grow anything, but you know what? They could grow pumpkins. And they would use pumpkins, the pumpkin meat, as their source for their fermentable sugars in order to brew their alcoholic beverages. And I was shocked to find out that pumpkin beers have been around for 400, 500 years, somewhere around, like a long time. (laughs) Had, Had you ever heard that, John? Uh no, that's I'm learning. <laughs> right. So I just bought the gavel down and just uh brought you some some beer knowledge. I feel pretty good now. Oh good. <laughs> uh, so again, these beers are typically released during the fall time and they're usually a a seasonal release. Uh the time the, the time frame is really odd because anyone that, that does some gardening on their own knows that pumpkins aren't really ripe until The end of September, mid-October time frame. And when pumpkin beers are actually released nowadays, they're being released in August almost. I mean, I think our first uh, pumpkin beer from Elysian was at the end of August. There's no way that these breweries are able to harvest pumpkins fresh and then brew the beer and let the beer, you know, ferment for their, you know, it's a few-week process and then get them out to you. So... Uh, it's really odd time for these beers to come out, but because everyone associates pumpkin with fall, then they need to do some some fancy work to try to uh, save the pumpkin meat uh, from their pumpkins f- for the next year. So a lot of times they'll actually freeze and save pumpkin pieces for brewing uh, the following year, uh, which is which is uh, you know pretty interesting because. Yeah, you can't really brew a pumpkin beer now. Now, if you brewed it now, it'd be ready in January. But who wants to drink a pumpkin beer in January? Uh, You could get it for Thanksgiving if you're – Yeah, I guess. Uh, You know what? You're right. You're right. (laughs) If you really pushed it, you could probably get it for Thanksgiving. So you know what? Why don't we make that a rule that you have to make your pumpkin beers available starting Thanksgiving, and now we can have real fresh pumpkin. There you go. All right. right. Start a movement. Start a movement. Yeah, it's the pumpkin movement. All right, so that's a little history on on the pumpkin or or harvest spiced beers. There's little style notes on this. Uh, you know, the reality is is pumpkin beers or pumpkin ales can can really vary drastically between brewery to brewery, depending on what they decide. You know, how they decide to brew it, what materials they're using, what spices they put in it. You know, how strong the spices. You know, the, the quantities. Really, you cannot get one pumpkin beer and assume the rest of them are going to taste anywhere like, any, anything like the other ones because some are, there's a, a huge curve of flavors and styles that are used in their pumpkin beer, beers and stuff. So that's the first thing you need to remember. Don't assume that the pumpkin beer you, you try from one brewery is going to taste similar to one of another because you might be sorely disappointed. Um, in general, the, the pumpkin beers are either made up of cut-up cut pumpkins uh, that are added to the mash or they'll use pumpkin puree or flavoring that's added later in the brewing process. Do you have any brewing insight on that? I know you probably haven't brewed a pumpkin ale yet, but uh, do you, just in your, in your classes and the different homebrew stuff, have you come across uh, pumpkin recipes and stuff? So I have brewed a couple
1: oh. um, in previous years. I didn't do one this year. Um, but yeah, in general, you're adding it to the mash, um, and some people will add it to the boil. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is pumpkin, you don't get a lot of flavor out of it um, when, when you're brewing with it. So, um, and that's why you, you get a lot of these spiced beers that are your pumpkin pie spices, Mm -hmm. you know, nutmeg, allspice, cinnamon, yeah, all, all that, um, because that's what people associate with pumpkin because of the holidays, you know, you, you think of pumpkin pie. Um, so really a lot of these should be labeled pumpkin pie beers. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yes, um, I agree. So, <clears throat> but that's, that also relates on why, you know, all these beers are different because, you know, your perfect spice blend that you like might not be in this beer and, you know, it'll be slightly different, but that, that can be off putting to you or, mm-hmm. you know, this other person nailed it. And so that one's really great. And I think that's where a lot of people run into trouble with this, this seasonal, because they're so all over the place that uh, it's, it's hard to know what you're going to like without, you know, spending the money and and figuring it out on your own.
0: True. Um, Very true. Very true. And let me just tell you, um, you know, I've already mentioned this probably, I know John's heard it a million times, but maybe listeners haven't, but my wife, absolutely loves pumpkin beers and every year that goes by and she sees more and more variety she's got to try every single one and i'm not kidding you we I, I am not even joking we've spent at least 250 on pumpkin beers this season alone just in the last month that's how crazy she is and so when john says sometimes you got to spend a little money to find out what you like and dislike guess what uh she buys it in bulk and when she doesn't like it I have to drink it in bulk, so uh, <laughs> just keep that in mind. Try maybe try one bottle at a time, but she's so she's so fearful that if she likes a beer and she goes back to get it, that it won't be there because a lot of times these beers are so um, uh, you know there's such a small quantity of them that come into your area that now she just instead of taking a chance, so just go ahead and buy you know three twenty-two ounce bottles or or you know a couple six packs or whatever because she's. Anticipating liking it, and she doesn't want to be without it if if she if it's one that she really does enjoy. So yeah, I I, I feel the pain on pumpkin beers for sure. So John, would you agree? Now this is where it gets a little uh, fuzzy because I mentioned that you know all pumpkin beers you know there's a lot of wide variety of, of different pumpkin beers, but the typical pumpkin ale I'll talk about the ale is going to be a mild brew. Uh, usually with a multi backbone, uh, usually a mild hoppiness because you don't want to take away from from the, the spices and the pumpkin flavor, uh, and and really like you mentioned already, it's really they should be called pumpkin pie beers because it's really the spices that are added and and the quantities of those spices that really determine what the flavor profile is.
1: Yeah, I would. You're going to be looking at more malt forward beers uh, hops can tend to clash pretty mm-hmm. badly with uh, these spices yeah um but i mean apart from that i mean it it can be anything yeah um i mean you could be looking at a stout a mm-hmm. belgian beer a, yeah. Yeah. a lager <laughs> yeah i mean just a, a amber ale. i mean it, it could be anything yeah so
0: yeah that's that's what is so hard to to characterize this I mean, the only thing you can really characterize about a pumpkin ale is that you're going to have those spices in it in some form. You may not have all of them, but you'll have some of them, and it'll be either a mild form of it or an extreme form of it. That's that's the only thing, but it really determines on on how, in my opinion, how good a pumpkin ale is, is how balanced the brewer can do with whatever style they use along with the spices, and that's where you can really get a, a super uh, delicious blend of spices and in a malt if if you especially if you have a porter or a stout and you have just that little finish of the spices can really enhance you know get that big roasted malt forward and then the, the little the spicy finish that's just just right and that's that's what can really determine whether or not in my opinion a, a pumpkin beer is is one that i can drink up you know a lot a lot of or very little of so uh, let's see. The body and mouthfeel again can be anywhere from light to heavy, depending on the methods that they're used to brew it. Again, if you're going to put real pumpkins in it, a lot of times those real pump those pumpkins will add a starchiness to the beer, so you're going to get a little bit of a heavier body, a little bit uh, starchier mouthfeel uh, if you do that. It also depends on the beer style. Again, a heavier multi – you know, a big malt beer like a stout or porter. It's gonna give you you know that type of character in in the body, so you gotta keep that in mind that the style really makes a difference too, and again, John mentioned it can be anything from a light ale to an imperial stout and in everything in between you know like he said, Belgians in fact, I don't think I put it in here, but uh John, I know you'll add your favorite uh beers at the end of of the thing for your pumpkin beers too so. Yep. All right, so let's just go over some beers real quick. I don't want to drag on too long, but I'm going to talk about my favorite one. And this favorite one I just found this year. And it is called – it's Anderson Valley Brewing, does it? It's called the Fall Hornin Pumpkin Ale. And this beer is like gold, liquid gold to me. It is – if I were to – if I was a beer judge style writer – my ideal, this would be what I would describe as my ideal pumpkin ale. It's so well balanced that you get exactly what I mentioned. You get a nice malty front, and the spices come in the end. But it's really balanced, and it's a it's a very very subtle spiciness, and it, it stops. The finish just stops. It doesn't linger on forever, right? I don't like those spices just lingering on, and I have to like drink a gallon of water to rinse it out of my mouth. Uh, it's it's absolutely perfect. And, uh, that, that's my, that's one, if I can recommend anyone, if you want to try a pumpkin L for the first time and you, and you actually enjoy beer, like real beer, not just some crappy beer, they put spices in, but I mean, you enjoy good craft beer. I'm going to recommend Anderson Valley fall Hornin because it has the beer and it has the little bit of spices that, that really, um, you know, makes it a, a, a very good drink. And, uh, That's my recommendation. Now I'm going to list a bunch of ones. All these, there's four beers. These are my wife's favorite beers. Um, They're all from Elysian Brewing in Seattle. And the newest one that just released this year, now maybe it released in limited quantities in Seattle, but it's the first time it's been distributed into our area. And that's called the Punk Cucino Coffee Pumpkin Ale. Have you had a chance to drink that one, John?
1: I haven't. So uh, Elysian Every year has a pumpkin beer festival, and uh, it's this weekend, and I am going for the first time. So I've been avoiding Ah. all Elysian beers so that I can enjoy them at the festival.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to give my opinion. So (laughs) first I'm going to give my wife's opinion. This is one of her favorites, and uh, it comes in 22-ounce bottles only right now. I'm sure next year, because it's been so popular, they're probably going to put it in 12-ounce bottles also. But uh, this overtook her favorite beer, which I'll say tell you what her previous favorite was in, in a minute. It's good, it's drinkable. To me though, it's, it comes across a little too sweet, and again, um, the sweetness and the spices just kind of it makes me kind of sick to my stomach. So for me, it's okay, I can drink it. For my wife, she loves it because you know women they love sweet things. All, you know, it's all about the sweetness. Uh, so I'm just giving that my opinion. Her favorite beer though was before Pumpkin Chino was the night owl, the Elysian night owl pumpkin ale. And I'll be honest with you. uh, That is a pretty good regular pumpkin ale. It's a lighter bodied ale with, uh, with spices that don't overpower the palate. Um, Not as, in my opinion, not as good as the Anderson Valley as far as the balance. Uh, It has a little bit lighter malt profile, not so heavy in the the more toffee roasted uh, malts, but, uh, but still good. I, I actually can drink that one. Uh, have you had that one last year? Do you ever try that one? Yeah. Yeah. That but, one's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's drinkable. <laughs> it's drinkable, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, the one I really like from Elysian, in fact, my favorite Elysian one besides the collaboration that John will talk about later, is the uh, the Dark O' the Moon Pumpkin Stout. And uh, again, I love stouts, so any good stout uh, I can appreciate, and this is a good stout, the fantastic stout base with not overpowering spices but spices that in that kind of enhance and really work with collaborate with that that stout flavor to give it a good a good flavor have you have you had that one john
1: uh yes i have and i i tend to enjoy the darker pumpkin ales um more uh so the the stouts and the porters yeah those tend to be my favorite um I just I like the the bit of roast with the with the spices yes, I guess so. yes I do too I
0: agree excellent hey we're right on track buddy right on track <laughs> uh, and the last one I'm going to talk about from the Elysian crowd is called the Great Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin Ale and this is my wife's least favorite of the Elysian beers that she's had and it's it's uh it's a little it's a little bit powerful and it's a little bit st- strong for her. I actually like it I can drink it thus uh, the other three bottles, 22 ounce bottles that, that she has, I'm going to be finishing those because she decided she going want to drink those. So um, it's just an, it's another, it's just a little bit amped up version of their, of their pumpkin ale that has a little bit, you know, it's, I, I don't have tasty notes on it right now, but it's it's drinkable. But I can see why she doesn't like it because it's a little bit a little bit amped up for her. She likes things a little bit more uh, laid back and not so in your face. Uh, another one from Anderson Valley. This is a special beer. It's a bourbon barrel pumpkin ale. It's called Pinchy Jeek Pinchy Cheek Barrel Barrel Bourbon Barrel Pumpkin Ale. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we bought this one. My wife hated it. Why did she hate it? Because this one is pretty much didn't have any pumpkin spice. <laughs> it was all bourbon. And I loved it because the bourbon and the, the oak barrel – Flavors came out really good, and it was a great bourbon barrel beer with very little pumpkin spice. I loved it. Uh, again, it's not really a pumpkin ale. It was it was supposed to be one, but it kind of got a little bit, you know, too much in the in the barrels. I think they needed to blend a little more of the regular pumpkin ale in there, maybe to get away from the the bourbon flavor. But if you enjoy bourbon flavors, then it's a it's a great one. Now I'm just going to mention three that I haven't tried, but I, I hear they're pretty good. Well, actually, I have Shipyard Smashed Pumpkin. That's the one I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, that's in my fridge. I haven't tried it yet, uh, but you should. That's one that's uh, around the area. Uh, Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. Uh, I have not tried this either, but my wife just came back from Florida, where she not where she had uh, four bottles of it that uh, that she drank, and she really enjoyed it. She said that it's very close to the uh, Fall Hornin' from Anderson Valley. So uh, one day I'll, I'll try this beer. Maybe when I'm back on the East Coast during an October time frame, I'll be able to try it myself. But if it tastes like the Anderson Valley Fall Hornin', I'm all, I'll be all over it because I like that beer. Have you had the the pumpkin, the dogfish? Uh, years ago. Yeah, I, I don't recall okay. it very well. No so. problem, no problem. And then the last one, which, again, another one that I hear a lot of good things about, never tried it because we don't get Southern Tier in our area, but Southern Tier Pumpkin. Again, all these plays off of the pumpkin. This is called the Pumpkin beer. Uh, Again, no personal tasting notes, but uh, I hear wonderful things from a lot of people about it. So you might want to try that one too.
1: Yeah, that's a a good beer. I would
0: recommend that one. Mm.
1: It's very popular. All right, all right. Well, Um, well, go ahead, John. What is your uh, suggestion? So, uh, I think I mentioned these uh, in a previous episode. um, But another from um, Elysian—they did a collaboration with Twenty First Amendment out of San Francisco, and and uh, it's the he he said uh, set. It's a robust supporter. Uh, and a triple, a Belgian triple. And the Belgian triple completely changed the way I thought about uh, pumpkin beers. Uh, the spiciness, the yeast esters just played beautifully with the with the pumpkin spices. And I think that's going to be my go-to pumpkin style when I start brewing them again. Um, so if you can find those, it's a little four-pack of cans. Yeah. Um, they're great, great beers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've had those. In fact, when I first found them last year, uh, they only had one four pack left. I grabbed it. Then they got a couple more in. I grabbed both the other ones too because uh, those beers are really good. Uh, a little spendy. I think it was like twelve bucks for four beers. That's a little bit spendy, but uh, well worth it. I recommend, like John says, go ahead and try it. He just he just claimed that those those are his favorite pumpkin beer styles now. So. That's 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 impressive. All right, I got one. I got to say one thing, um, and it's kind of funny because John and I had the, the same sentiment when we heard this at the local co-op. But one, I want to tell you a beer to stay away from, and that you know, I don't, I won't normally steer you away from beers, but this is one that I I can't have you guys drink, and it's and, I, and you, it's it's actually readily available in California in a lot of places. So it's the uh, Buffalo Bills pumpkin ale is that right is that what it is Pump- buffalo bills pumpkin ale Have you- is that the right yeah 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 that beer is horrible uh it's got it's got the worst flavor ever um and it's what's odd is it's been the long, like one of the longer running pumpkin beers besides Sam- i think samuel adams has a pretty long one too yeah i think buffalo bills might actually be attributed with starting the pumpkin beer really yeah oh and it's so horrible Um, which is sad because, uh, it's, I mean, I guess everyone, you know what though, maybe it's good that it was horrible because then people had brewers had something to, to improve upon to make theirs better. So they had a starting point that was pretty low and they just worked up to higher standards. That's just my opinion.
1: Well, I, I do know people who like it. Um, but it, it's, uh, very light on, on everything. Um, and, uh, Yeah, it's not my personal thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's free, you can give it a shot. But I don't recommend, you know, going and buying a six-pack. You know, maybe one to try. But you know what? Honestly, this is my my personal opinion. I don't want to steer anyone away, but there's not one beer from Buffalo Bills that I've enjoyed. I don't think one. (laughs) Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just a, a big beer snob, but. I'm just not a big fan of that brewery. Have you had any Buffalo beer, Buffalo Bill beers that you enjoyed? Do you remember?
1: I think I've only had the pumpkin, <laughs> and that was a while back. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, the blueberry one, the blueberry oatmeal stout. Oh my gosh, I thought I was going to puke. Uh, it wasn't as bad as that watermelon rattler that we had, but it was almost as bad. <laughs> I mean, it was almost just like that. Just had horrible, horrible flavor. So, all right, we don't want to linger on. We don't want to drag on too long. But hey, that's our Discussion of pumpkin beers and Oktoberfest beer. But before we stop, bust out those bottles. John, let's uh, crack open our uh, our beers. I'm going to crack it open right here on uh, on Mike. And uh, we're going to do our tasting notes of the Sam Adams Oktoberfest beer. And John's going to do his tasting notes live. Uh, I have mine prepared, so if, we'll see how, how this goes. Now... One good thing is that there's this beer is not going to be uh, old because uh, it was just released. So John and I should have the same tasting experience with the same beers. No, not going to have like last week where where uh, I had one that was probably aged a little bit longer on the shelf than he had because this has just been released. All right, so everyone's got their beers open. Let's get, let's get going so we can get this show uh, short and sweet. So the name of the beer, of course, is. Samuel Adams Oktoberfest, Martson style. It's uh, it's from Samuel Adams Boston Boston Brewing uh, from Boston Massachusetts. It's a Martsen. Uh The alcohol is 5.3. So again, we already mentioned in our style notes that typically it's below six, right around the five and a half. This is right there, about 5.3. Uh, I don't I have no idea what the IBUs are. Um, it's you know probably fairly low. Uh, I, I'm drinking it from 12 ounce bottles. I'm drinking it out of my. I, I I did my tasting notes from a shaker glass, but tonight I'm drinking it out of my Samuel Adams pint glass. And there's a couple reasons why. Uh, the f- The first reason is because it's a Samuel Adams glass, and I'm drinking Samuel Adams beer, so why not? The second reason is because when I drank it out of the shaker glass, it was a little difficult for me to get. Uh, the the aroma, the nose, I it was like everything was escaping right out of that big open mouth, and I wanted to try something that had a little bit closed, a little bit more closed in uh, top to try to trap those volatiles and get give my nose a little bit extra to, to go off of. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick sniff real quick. So just bear with me. All right, that was nice. Uh, It's still very faint. It's not a. It's not a bold nose. It's a very light nose. So, I disagree. You disagree. (laughs) So, okay. Let me tell you one thing. If you can't tell, I'm a little bit stuffed up. I've been. We've been going through weather changes in the Boise area, and when the weather changes, my sciences act up. And uh, right now, my sciences are a little bit plugged. So maybe it's because I'm. I'm trying to sniff through a bunch of snot right now. Uh, But okay, John. So. Uh, what do you think of the coloring? Uh, I would call it a bit of a deep copper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Um,
1: slightly off white head, small bubbles lingering.
0: Um, not a big head, but, uh, it's still present. Okay. So, all right. I, I will also agree. It is a, 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 rich, uh, coppery, maybe dark amber color. Uh, I'm seeing now again. Uh, I'm using my my Samuel Adams glass, which we haven't talked about this glass. But there's a laser etched ring at the bottom that helps promote the uh, air, aeration, the bubbles, creation of bubbles. Even with that ring, there is only a few small bubbles coming out of this beer. Which is why is that, John? Why is only a
1: few bubbles coming out of here? I- I don't know, but that might be why you're not getting much aroma because mine is like
0: bubbling like crazy, and I this is really odd. <laughs> what? you're you are crazy, man? Because yesterday when I when I did my tasting notes, the same thing. I didn't. I had just a very small amount of bubbles, but I had I did have a good head. Now you said you had a very small head. I actually had a, a head that was a full finger head. Uh, I had it um, yesterday on my uh, shaker glass, and I actually had it. Just now when I poured it, but I will say the head dissipates very quickly. In fact, that that finger was there, and then by the time I took my sniff and stuck my glass back down, and then picked it back up, it was gone. I mean, it was that quick. So uh, you said it was like an off white. I'm gonna say it's an off white, uh, leaning towards the beige color of the head. Uh, it was kind of a you know like a beige, like a khaki, uh, a khaki color, a creamy, uh, very small bubbles in the head too. Not not big bubbles, like smaller. Um, but and um, lacing wise, uh, in my tasting notes, there was a little bit of lacing stuck to the glass. I know you probably haven't drank enough to see if there's any lacing sticking, or you can go ahead and just down that real quick and then pour your next beer. Because you're <laughs> <laughs> just from swirling it, swirling it around, it's it's sticking to. Okay, the Okay, yeah. So the glass. there's a little so. bit of lacing that's on there. All right. All right. Okay. So since John, since you have the uh, the good nose, what are you smelling in that? in that nose
1: uh so i'm getting um uh, some some greeny, slight greeny malt, uh a little bit of sweetness almost like a caramel but uh some bre- toasted bread is probably the predominant okay flavor uh or aroma uh, no i'm not getting any hops or any yeast character coming through
0: yeah yeah wow okay so you didn't read mine did you because that's almost what I explained. I, I also in the nose I did get a little bit of yeah I, I you know what I should have said toasty bread because that's what it is. It's kind of like a toasty bread. I just said bready. You you described it a little bit more accurate. I'll I'll give you that. And then I do smell, uh, you know hints of the of the caramel malts in there. Not str- not strong, but there uh but but there is I can that's what I smell predominantly is the is the toasty bread and caramel. Uh, malts. So, all right. So have you taken a sip yet? Yes. All right. What, what do you think about the, uh, about the, the front? What's a, what's the first thing you you get when you taste your first sip? I get more of that bready malt character straight up front. I, I agree with you on this taste. Uh, I think last night I got a little something different, but I agree. Um, drinking it live on the show right now. Uh, i am getting more bready um, but i but i got a lot like yesterday when i drank it i got a lot of uh caramel malt i mean it was like in my face caramel like a caramel apple without the apple that's how strong it was it was like i was just licking caramel off of a off of a apple um and I, and today it's it's still in the background i, I get that caramel but Right now, I'm I'm and maybe maybe it's the glass, you know. I'm drinking a different glass, but right now I am also getting more of that bready malt than than I did the caramel. Take another sip, real quick. All right. Um, Yeah,
1: I'm I'm still yeah I I am getting a slight hop spiciness. mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. Okay. Coming through. Um, This might actually be a little more than than I would expect in this style um but it's not overly bitter no no or anything like that yeah. um okay. but i am not picking up too much of that sweetness slight sweetness i'm getting in the aroma
0: okay
1: um in the flavor so that's nice
0: okay yeah this is throwing me off i'm i'm gonna talk about what i tasted yesterday because maybe i was in a better tasting mode more more relaxed not uh, under pressure and not listening to the expert because uh, let me talk about uh, what I got in the front. Like I said, I got lots of caram- strong caramel, caramel, malt flavor in the front. It lasted from the beginning to the end. Uh, that That's what I got yesterday. Uh, and that's what I remember from most of the time I drink this beer. And I, I've already mentioned that I, I've already gone through probably three six-packs of this. I just bought another 12-pack. When John came, you know, because I want to be prepared, we were gonna we were gonna record on Saturday, but we had a mishap that didn't quite work, so we're recording on a Tuesday. But I bought enough for that we could be able to make sure we had a lot of beer to drink on while we recorded. Um, so I've drank a few of these over the last few days, and and I'm sticking with with what I feel was is a lot of of caramel malt flavor. Um, the body, to me, this is a medium to full body, depending on the temperature. You know, really, if as it warms up, it gets a little bit heavier. But uh, when I drink it, when it's cooler, it seems like it's more of a medium body. Uh, it, it does leave a little slight heavy or filmy mouthfeel. and uh, it's not distracting to the beer. But um, I, I really equate it to like after you you put a hard candy in your mouth and you suck on it. That you know that sugar that the sugar. Now I don't want to say it's because of sugar, but it's like that uh, that hard candy leaves that film on your mouth. That's kind of what I, I was getting that night that I wrote my tasting notes.
1: Yeah, I was going to, that's how I was going to describe it. I, I, it does seem like it's leaving just like a, a film of something over my tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say this is a medium, medium body, uh, medium carbonation level. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay.
0: I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I agree. It's more medium. I just know that, like I said, when I let it warm up a little bit more and, Sometimes it gets like it might be a little bit uh, heavier. That's why I said it's anywhere from medium to full. Uh, and then the finish. Let me just describe what I wrote down for my tasting notes on the finish. I, again, uh, caramel malt flavor lasts all the way to the end. And I and I did. Now and, and even now, I get a hint of something in the in the back of my throat that reminds me of a sweetness from the malt. Not a sweetness like sugar. Sweetness, but just the malty sweetness. That's not again. It's not unpleasant lingering. It just has that little bit of a sweetness. And again, as I mentioned, it's like the aftertaste left from a hard candy. Similar thing, but I think maybe a hard candy might be too, you know, too much. But I do get that that candy. It almost tastes like a candy sweetness, you know, or candy finish. I don't want to call it sweetness necessarily. A candy finish in the back of my throat. That, that kind of lingers. And as you mentioned, John, uh, I, 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 told you earlier that when I was doing my tasting notes, I, I did just get done eating some spaghetti and meatballs. And I thought that maybe, uh, I was getting some lingering effects of that in my finish. But now to hear that you also got a little bit of that spicy hop finish with a little bit, maybe light peppery, not really heavy peppery, but light spicy. Finish. I had the same thing and I'm getting the same thing now too. So it wasn't the food I was eating it actually does leave a little bit of that that spiciness at, at the end and and it's enjoyable. I I kind of like it. It was kind of surprising it was there with the other feelings that I was getting with my tasting.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't get too much sweetness on the finish for myself. Um, it it kind of wipes away pretty well. I just I still have I you know I've got that feeling like something still in my mouth. Yeah. Um, but it's not I don't know it's not cloyingly sweet it's not really anything it's just there yeah not cl- <laughs> yeah, yeah not
0: cloying not it's not it's just there yeah you're right it's hard to again maybe that's with my inexperience at this it's hard for me to explain what that feel just like you said you have that feeling in the back the same thing i have that feeling I'm, and i just don't know how to describe it and that's where I might, maybe i'm coming up with the wrong terminology to try to explain it but that's It's just that feeling that i get and. and and I just don't know how to describe it. I, I describe it as like I like I did. Like it's a kind of a sweetness, but maybe it's not sweet. Maybe it's something else that just lingers in there. But it's it's again not distracting, not unpleasant. It's a this beer is is very good. Although of my and styles that I enjoy because of the little bit of lingering that it does have I it's not one that is that my best right not my favorite it's one that I enjoy that I can drink a lot of and not have a problem but it's not my favorite again I mentioned already the ltdo7 from full sale that one's my favorite because it's so well balanced that that malts there and the finish is just it's like it's just ends right it's just it's just perfect in, in my opinion uh, where this one kind of lingers a little bit longer than it then it should it leaves that thing in my back of my throat that I'm trying to describe but I can't. And, uh, that's, that's just my, uh, take on it. Uh, would you recommend this for, uh, for anyone new to craft beer, John?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very approachable. Um, and, but gives you quite a bit of flavor in there still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree that, this is this is like one of the perfect beers that people that are looking to just try craft beer, if they try this beer, if they don't enjoy it, I'll be surprised because there's nothing not to enjoy about this beer. It's not overpowering in the bitterness. It's not overpowering in the malt. It's just beer that tastes good. Um, although if you're used to beers that taste like, Budweiser or Miller with the, you know, the Pilsnerist, uh, American Lagerish, rice flavoring, whatever. Then yeah, maybe you won't like this, but if you if if you want to, you know, try to see what real beer tastes like, this is a perfect gateway beer to craft beer. I I think anyone anyone trying this, I don't think will be turned away from craft beer. So So yeah, we both recommend it. Uh, any glassware will do. Uh, what do you think, John? Do you have a preferred glass you think uh, a, a good pilsner glass would would do for this or what do you what do you think a leader stein a lead okay or a boot mug. how about a boot <laughs> there we go yeah the boot <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say the boot i'm gonna say the oktoberfest boot uh drink uh put three of these bottles in it and suck it down you know the more the merrier.
1: Yep. just remember only one hand can hold the boot and you can't set it down once you start
0: oh so. wow there's rules it's, Oh, there's lots of rules for the boot. All right, all right. Well, thank you for filling in that. I'll have to write down the rules for next next week. Uh, I uh, I rate this as a memorable beer that you should keep stocking your fridge while it's available. How about you, John?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty good value. I mean, in terms of what you pay, uh, you can get a case of this for pretty cheap compared to some of the other offerings at of this time. So of course.
0: All right, and and just to let you guys know, at Costco, not that I'm a, you know, I'm gonna promote Costco, but you can get a 24 pack of this, I think for for oh gosh, I want to say like twenty some dollars. I don't know the exact price, but for pretty cheap. Uh,
1: yeah, they they usually work it out to about a buck a beer. Yeah, a buck a beer. So, <laughs> hey, it's
0: 26 bucks, I think it was some 25.99, something like that. I can't remember exact, but, but hey, well worth it. You're gonna get. It's going to be a big discount. Although you're going to get a lot of them, 24 of them. But um, if you do enjoy the beer, it's well worth it. Get get 24, make it last through till Christmas. If if you don't drink a lot, you'll enjoy it all all the way until the winter beers come out. Um, highly recommended. All right, John. Uh, hey, we're get, we told you guys we're going to keep this short and we're going to keep it right at an hour. Uh, let's get right into the, uh, you know, just want to do some shout outs to some, some of our, uh, you know, listeners and stuff. John, John do you have any, uh, shout outs or anyone you want to, uh, lift the glass to and toast this week?
1: Uh, I want to thank the listeners. Uh, we've gotten some, some good feedback for the show, uh, recently, and you'll mention somebody, uh, by name, but, uh, we, thanks a lot guys and keep, you know, letting us know, uh, what you want to hear about and, uh what you like and don't like. I mean, this is all for you. So um, keep keep letting us know.
0: For sure, for sure. I, I also want to uh, reiterate what John just said. There is a, a couple. I won't, I won't mention one of them. It was one of John's friends. Uh, but, uh, but we got some good feedback from him. And we also got uh, very, very good feedback from another listener uh, on Twitter. He can be found at M underscore board. Uh, his name is Kale, and he sent us a video feedback of his opinions. Well, I thought, wow, he went oh, he went the full full out to uh, to to tell us exactly uh, you know what he he enjoyed and didn't enjoy the show, and uh, you know he made some good comments. And uh, just briefly, I'm going to say that yeah, the first two episodes. Uh, we're a little rough. Uh, it was me by myself and anyone who, you know, I'm a seasoned podcaster, but I'm not a seasoned solo podcaster. So anyone who tries to do a podcast that, uh, you know, is a, you know, that wants to try to get started by himself, it's it's a little difficult. And I was afraid that I was going to ramble on and not get my points across. So a lot of it was scripted. Yeah, it didn't come across as clean as I wanted, but my goal was to get John on board and that worked. So, Starting at episode three, the show is going to continue to get better every episode, and I think it has. And and that's what uh, Kale also mentioned is that hey, once John got on board, we were like, you know, we're, we're doing great. So I really appreciate his feedback. Uh, also, I want to just mention I mentioned last week that uh, uh, Hophead Hardware uh, is that sells some glassware at reasonably pr- reasonable prices, and and uh, I got to talk to the the owner of that shop this week, his name is Jimmy, uh, total strangers, he and I, but we end up talking for almost an hour about beer and glassware and stuff, and uh, I really had a good time. I want to shout him out. Uh, I will uh, add his link to the store. Right now, he's going through reinventoring, but uh, he's going to be sending us some glassware that we'll be able to review on the show, and uh, and I'm hoping to get him on the show to talk about Glass. He's a glass expert. He, his family actually makes, you know, glasses. So, uh, you know, he actually knows about the the physics and science behind glass. It would Be great to have him on and tell, you know, his opinion on different glassware. Uh, I also want to thank the Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing our hosting space at openforumradio.com. Please go visit openforumradio.com, and find out all the. The many shows that the the network has. Uh, just a few of those shows include the OFR cast. Of course, the 40 cast, my favorite podcast. Uh, Prove, the, Prove Your Point, the Married Gamers, Gamer Husband Radio, and some other So Just a few of the shows you can find over there. So go check them out. And again, uh, as I've mentioned before, I am a former serviceman. I was on board submarines for eight years. I just want to raise my glass and give a toast to thank all those who have served and are, who are currently serving in the U.S. military services. Uh, thank you for protecting our freedoms and come home safely. And if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft@gmail.com, at or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft and leave comments on the show post on openforumradio.com or also visit our Google Plus uh, page. We have a Google Plus page where John uh, went ahead and put some glassware on for last week's show, and I've added a couple photos uh, uh, this week. It can be found just do a search for tap the craft, and you should be brought to our, uh, our page. Uh, you can follow, follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Luce Screw, L U C E S C R E W. And on Google Plus, just follow me at Denny Loose, one word. And uh, John, how can listeners follow you? So on Twitter
1: at Prime Brewing or on Untapped Prime W A uh, or my sporadic blog about homebrewing, uh, homebrewengineer.com.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, it's last call. And it's time to bring the show to a close. Thank you for downloading and listening to the show, and we hope you were able to find something useful. And we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And Just to remind you, the frequency of the show is one episode every two weeks. And that's it for this episode. Now remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant.